Can you really learn yoga online? Don't you need to be in person for that? Don't you need hands-on assistance? Don't you need a teacher there to watch your alignment and form? This is a question that I received this week from a student and I'm going to address it today and talk about five pros and five cons of doing a yoga teacher training online. I'm excited to announce that the new Thrive Teaching Online Mentorship and Course is now available at quietmind.yoga/tto. So if you're a yoga teacher who wants to move their business online, create an online course, membership, website, however you want your online business to look, I have a lot of experience with this and I've gotten to coach a lot of awesome teachers creating their online business. So if you'd like help with that, making a podcast, YouTube, Instagram, whatever you want to focus on, I'm here to help and support you, quietmind.yoga slash TTO. Now, if you know somebody who's a total beginner to yoga, the Yoga for Beginners course will be coming out very soon. You want to join the Quiet Mind community to be updated on that. So you can go to quietmind.yoga and click on any of my free downloads to be updated about that. And then just shortly after that, a new Astrology 101 course is coming out. So lots of cool offerings in the pipeline. And of course, in just about nine weeks, the yoga teacher training, the fall semester will be open. That's early September, 2020. And I'll be sharing more updates about that as we get closer to the fall 2020 teacher training. The last class just graduated. It was bittersweet as usual. And I love getting to work with them. And I love getting to do this and share these amazing, powerful, life-changing teachings and uh, I got a little teary-eyed. It's a very full circle moment to get to hear their feedback and how far they've come in their process and what yoga means to them and knowing how much it meant to me when I first started and when I did my first teacher training. So I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing what they create next and we'll be sharing more about the next yoga teacher training class. It's coming up in about nine weeks uh, and you'll be seeing updates about that at quietmind.yoga as well and here on the podcast. My name is Jeremy Devins of quietmind.yoga, where you can schedule readings with me, astrology readings, do one-on-one private sessions over Zoom. I have my yoga teacher training there, right? So I'm going to be a little biased maybe because I chose to make my yoga teacher training all online even before the pandemic. So I looked at the pros and cons of this. I've been a part of several different teacher trainings as a student and a teacher and noticed that there were some things that were really lacking in the in-person experience that are greatly improved by teaching online and being a student online. So number one is of all the pros and cons, the first pro is that you can do your yoga teacher training from home. So if you choose to do this yoga teacher training online, that's one of the big benefits is you don't have to go to a studio. Uh, In some cases, it might be going out of state, uh, getting a hotel, travel, all these costs and time. Uh, which can be a very significant investment if you're going to a teacher training that's every other weekend or uh, however long it is. There's going to be a lot of driving back and forth, a lot of travel. But if it's all online, just roll out of your bed and travel to your computer and you get to do your teacher training right there from the cover of your home. Or if you need to travel, if you need to go out of town or whatever is going on in your life, you can reach it in your devices. So that's going to make it a lot easier to do your teacher training and actually go to all of the classes. So that brings me to my second pro of this is you can rewatch the videos anytime. And this was something I noticed right away in my first teacher training is you could only miss a certain amount of days. I was able to attend the whole thing, but there were several people who had to miss 
a, a week, miss a lesson, uh, you know, th and they would miss very significant things like, wow, that was really cool. And uh, I wish they could have been there for that, but they just totally missed it. And, you know, I could try to summarize it or someone could try to summarize it for them, but there's no replacing actually getting to experience that lecture or that practice the teacher had for us. And with being online, it's all recorded and you can access it anytime. And if you have an emergency, you need to travel or vacation, whatever's going on in your life, uh, you can come back and do the lesson. And even more important than that is if something's over your head, which in my case, uh, a lot of it was in my first teacher training. Like I was definitely very engaged and interested, uh, but there was just so many new things to me, the new terms, Sanskrit, anatomy. I, I was just so absorbed in it uh, that there was just details that I was missing that I didn't even realize until I went back and looked at my notes again. Uh, but if I would have had the videos to rewatch, that would have been so incredibly helpful. And in my teacher trainings, that's something I've heard from my students many times is, they love re-watching the lessons and they feel like they really start to get it and have it memorized after a couple of times of watching it. And my first teacher, that's how I really got into yoga was I was following a teacher online way back in 2008, 2009. And I just watched all of her classes over and over again to the point that I could repeat them. So doing that with your lectures and your yoga teacher training is a really powerful way to uh, embedded in your mind and memorize it. Number three is you get more precise teaching. So this requires your teacher to be more precise. They can't do the things they might do in person uh, of using, maybe using their body to demonstrate things or uh, using sort of vague cues or vague terminology. It's got to be very precise and clear, especially if you're recording it and expecting people to go back and review it. You can't let it be full of ums and ahs and mispronunciations and things you're not sure or clear about. Uh, that was something that I noticed my first few years of yoga that someone would say something interesting about like anatomy or some scientific study or some philosophy thing. And I would want to check it. I want to like, I want to know more about this. I want to, is that true? Is that really how the lymphatic system works or how muscles work? And, you know, I'd be in the class and then by the end of class, I get to Javasana. I just feel so good. And I forget about it all. Uh, so, you know, that's one of the benefits of yoga. Even if you're, a, if you happen to be a newer teacher listening to this, uh, it, yoga just works. So uh, if you're not entirely sure about all of your terminology, that's okay. At first in the beginning, you're, you're learning, but you do want to be more precise and clear about it if you're going to lead a teacher training. And I think this levels everybody up when we have our teachings online it requires a greater level of clarity and certainty and accuracy so the teaching that you're going to get on an online training is going to be higher quality assuming the teacher also thinks this way but they might just be thinking oh i'm just going to try to get by with you know whatever i do in person and uh, not worry if anyone's going to fact check this or test my theories or my philosophies. Uh, but hopefully your teacher that you do work with is very intentional with their teaching and they will be very precise in their online teaching. Number four is you get to have breakout rooms. So if you're using Zoom as a meeting platform and your teacher training, something really cool that you can do in Zoom is like I could take... Uh, these two students over here have them in their own Zoom room now so they can teach and practice with each other. And these two students over there and these two students over there, right? And just break everybody up into these different groups. And then I, as a teacher, can 
uh, hop into different ones. I can be on different devices and watching multiple rooms. This is something you just can't do in person. And it's a lot noisier in person. And uh, there's a lot of shuffling around and oh, I need to go to the bathroom now. And I, oh, and you know, somebody comes in late. And you know, there's all this sort of shuffling and movementing around that happens uh, in in-person classes that is largely eliminated online. There's still going to be bathroom breaks and things like that. Uh, but to go from we're all in a group lecture to two clicks later, now you're in a private Zoom room with someone else and you can just start practicing your teaching right away and get feedback. And I think that's really, to me, that's the most important thing of a teacher training. Like I've done improv classes, right? And uh, for some reason in the wor world of yoga and all these teacher trainings I've been a part of, a lot of it is emphasized in the lecture and sitting and listening. And it's amazing how much time I've spent in teacher training is just sitting and listening. And I think that's valuable and totally valid. But like when I've done my improv classes, like I, I would have felt cheated if I just went to the class every week and we just sat and listened to people talk about what improv is, right? We've got to do the improv. We've got to get out there and push ourselves and try things and take risks and fail. And I think the yoga teacher training, it should be that environment. It's a yoga teacher training. It's not a yoga education class, right? It's uh, not just lectures, right? It should be you being trained to teach. So in the online environment, it's a lot there's little things like the breakout rooms that make it even easier to do that where you can just suddenly you're, you're teaching. And uh, sometimes that's scary for students. And I think that's even better because now you're just jumping into it and you're confronting those fears and, and getting over those nervous jitters in the beginning because you want to do that in your teacher training. You don't want to do that. Okay, you do one practicum and you teach at the end of your teacher training and now you're just like throwing out to the wolves and you got to try to figure it out. You should be working out those kinks in the teacher training, getting over the nervousness and fear and anxiety and, and starting to build confidence in your teacher training. And breakout rooms are probably one of the best ways I've found to do that with the online trainings. And then finally, the last pro is having a firmer container. All right, so like I mentioned, just less traveling around to get to class, less distractions, less shuffling around, less noise. It's all just clearer and firmer and it's, uh, you know, these dates are when we have our live classes and the recordings are here and it's all contained in this thing. You can go back and rewatch it. Whereas the in-person thing, you know, there is a container. It's like every Tuesday we meet at 7 p.m. or every other Sunday at noon. You know, whatever the container is for the teacher training is there. Totally valid, but you've got to drive there back and forth. There's more moving around. There's like usually in any teacher training I've been a part of before I started creating mine, uh, there was no online classroom. There was no like database that had all the information. Uh, there, was, there was no collection of the recordings, but you get all of that in an online teacher training if it's done well and if it's well contained and the teacher knows how to hold space online as well as they do in person. Now the five cons. So why might you not want to do an online teacher training? And if you're watching this during the pandemic, then it's not really an option right now because everything is online. But in the future, uh, if you want to do, it's like, I really want to do one in person. And I've worked with students who say this, and they're just like, I want to do an in-person training, then I'll do an online one, just because I want that environment, right? So one of the cons of being online is, this was what this student reached out to me about. There's no hands-on instruction from the teacher, of course, right? I can't be there to adjust your shoulders, the alignment of your arms, your elbows, your hips, all these things. You've got to be able to find that within, right? So... If you're not a uh, 
a visual or auditory learner, if you're a more kinesthetic learner, doing it all online may be more challenging for you. Now, a good teacher will give you ways to embody the movements and the alignment and the teaching and give you kinesthetic cues, for example, uh, teaching you the pairs of movements of the body, uh, understanding how anatomy is mostly pairs of movements. So the shoulders can elevate or depress, right? You don't need me to come around and tap your shoulders to know that you're moving into depression. Uh, and if you're in elevation and like downward facing dog or a headstand, but that's going to uh, cause more stress on the shoulder and the neck. So you want to find the depression of the, the upper traps. And I can do that by coming around and tapping on your shoulder, or I can do that by teaching you how to embody alignment by just doing the pairs of movements through all the different parts of the body. And I think a good teacher will be able to do that. So they, they have a sort of system, a way of teaching. And for me, it's the pairs of movements. That's what anatomy is, internal and external rotation, flexion and extension, right? All these movements, if we just do things to practice embodying that anatomy and that alignment, we very seldom need a teacher to have hands-on assistance to find those things. Now, it's helpful, it's nice, and if you're doing something like Ashtanga, where the assists are more of adjustments and they're really hands-on, then yeah, you've got to do Ashtanga in person. That's, that's the way that is. But most styles of yoga, what I teach, I teach three different styles of assists. They're what I call therapeutic assist. And these are the kind of things that you just can't replace, but you could maybe have a partner at home that could do this with you. But these are the things that just feel good, like rubbing the shoulders in Shavasana, or pressing on the low back in down dog or child's pose. These things are more therapeutic and they just are because they feel good and they're grounding and relaxing. And I teach how to do those in my training and I teach you how to do them with a partner. And so a partner could do them with you at home, but of course, I'm not there to do them with you in an online teacher training. Your teacher is not there to do those therapeutic assists with you. Now, the other two types I teach are scaffolding assist and tapping assist. Now, the tapping assists are the ones where it's like I just gently tap on an area to bring awareness to it. Maybe the shoulders are hunched up in elevation, tap on the shoulders, and almost everybody immediately goes into depression and releases the shoulders. Of course, not into an emotional depression. That would be pretty intense if I just tap someone's shoulder and they started crying. Uh, that, though that has happened as uh, when I used to teach more meditation and mantra classes, uh, there's a lot of crying uh, that's pretty common. Uh, but in this case, the tapping assist just brings somatic awareness to the body. Right? So we want to awaken somatic awareness. We want to increase neuromuscular activation in yoga, at least from my perspective. I think that's a big part of what we're doing. And you can do that without hands-on assist, but it definitely does help. So that is a con of online teacher trainings. You don't get that hands-on assist and attention. And number two is there's less hands-on practice. So you have less time of doing hands-on assist with other people. Again, to navigate that in my teacher training, I have a video where I'm with my partner, Christine, and I'm saying, you know, here's how you do this assist with somebody. And I'm actually walking through like a yoga class. So now have your partner do this, and then you'll do that. And you'll put your fingertips here and rotate the ribs that way, right? And it's all very subtle, mostly energetic, and mostly is teaching the student their own mind-muscle awareness. And the thing is, I think really effective assists are more of these sort of scaffolding and, and tapping and more helping awaken the own somatic awareness of the student. 
and uh, you don't need as much like force. And I think people who do that just aren't as aware. To be honest, the teachers, teachers who use a lot of force or push a lot aren't always as aware of what they're doing or how to teach in a way that can help the student find that in themselves and not be dependent on a teacher. Now, things like therapeutic assists are different. It's just to relax. Uh, things like Ashtanga are different because that's part of that whole lineage of being more forceful. Uh, and some people really like that. It's not what I teach, but it is out there. Uh, and then I forgot to mention the uh, scaffolding assist. That's more like helping people balance typically, where I'm there as sort of a buffer. If they are going to tip one way or the other, I can catch them, right? And those sort of things you can do with a wall. And I teach how to do that with a wall as well in my training. And I think a good teacher will be able to do that as well. But yeah, you don't get as much hands-on practice yourself. So you'll want to have a, a segment in your teacher training if possible. You can request this from your teacher too. Like, could you lead a practice where it's like a yoga class, but I'm the teacher with a partner and you're teaching me how to do assists and teaching me like the most common assists. I do one with 20 different assists that are the most common that I do in, when I'm in person almost every class. Uh, there are less common ones, but if you know those 20, like down dog, child's pose, triangle, half moon pose, warrior three, tree pose, all these sort of really common poses, uh, and you know how to assist them well and safely and help your students increase their somatic awareness, then uh, I think you can replace this con uh, and have the benefits of knowing how to do those things. Number three is uh, you the, this con of not going to a yoga studio. So you don't get to go to like a special uh, place that feels really good to be at, right? Like there's, there is something very special and magical about having a yoga studio to go to. And uh, it's different going to your computer in your spare bedroom or wherever you're practicing. So that is a loss for sure. And if you really want that environment and you know you work better in that environment, like being in a physical place with other people, learning a thing like a classroom, then yeah, you're not going to get that online. Uh, you know, you are in a class with people's faces from around the world, so that's cool. And you do get to really meet people all around the world, and that's pretty fun about online trainings. But in person, uh, there is a specialness about going to a yoga studio. And uh, I'm thinking right now, the studio where I did a lot of my trainings uh, recently just changed their name, and I just saw that post before I made this video. So uh, it's there's definitely a sentimental factor to it. It's like, wow, that place, you know, I spent so many years there cleaning the floors and uh, going to teacher trainings and studying with this person and that person and uh, spending time with my partner. We met through that studio, right? So there is something very special about those in-person places if you have one that you like and you want to go to. And of course, online is its own thing. It's special in its own way, but if that's a high priority, like you can only get that in person. And that is a very valid con to doing it online. Now, uh, number four is Zoom fatigue. So this is especially true if you are working on Zoom all day already or some sort of video chat app that is going to have a factor in this. So you could be fatigued. And uh, it's very important that your teacher has some humor and play and some different aspects of their training besides just staring at the screen uh, so you don't want to be spending all your time in your teacher training looking at a screen and lectures. And if they can teach really well, they can teach in such a way where you don't need to look at the screen to know what to do if you're doing a practice. You can even turn the screen off and just follow by ears. 
in auditory cues. So Zoom fatigue is a concern. It's something you do want to make sure you're factoring in. Make sure your teacher training addresses that. Then number five is possible tech issues. And fortunately, I haven't had very many of these. Uh, on my end, I had one student who we eventually found out that her barn dominium uh, had poor internet reception, but the rest of her house had great internet reception and uh, even better than mine, and her video was stunning. But uh, so you want to make sure you have good internet connection with all of your students, and uh, there are inevitably going to be tech glitches. So this is part of the, the trade-off of doing it online, and this is one of the legitimate cons that at some point, like, somebody's call will drop or it'll glitch and freeze. And, uh, you'll send the wrong file or you have to send another file again or upload this thing. So there's going to be tech issues uh, and a good teacher will be able to handle that and manage that and very much minimize that. But that is a factor to consider. And if you consider yourself tech phobic, talk to your teacher about it. And this one student of mine, she, she does consider herself tech phobic and like always has issues. So I would just give her a little extra attention and spend more time with her. Like, okay, let's walk through this together. I'd make her little videos to like demonstrate, you know, click here and do that. And, uh, you know, make sure your teacher has the bandwidth to add that extra support if you need that to manage the tech side of things uh, with it all being online. So those are my five pros and five cons. So again, the five pros, it's all at home. You can rewatch and review lessons anytime. There's more precise teaching because it has to be more precise to be on video and be reviewed. Hopefully, if the teacher uh, respects your time in that way. And then there's breakout rooms. So you can have more one-on-one -on -one time, more time practicing teaching, which I think is very important. And the fifth thing is it's a firmer container. So there's less distractions, less shuffling around, less travel time. It's all just roll out of bed, come to the Zoom uh, and practice from home. And then the five cons to consider, there are no hands-on cues and adjustments from the teacher. So you're gonna want a teacher who can do that verbally. And this is something that I learned early on when I had a blind student in my class. Like uh, I wanted to make sure that they could feel like they could do everything just as fine as anybody else without needing any hands-on assistance. So number two cons, uh, there's less hands-on practice for you. So you less time practicing with your peers, but a good teacher will give you an exercise to practice with someone around you, a, a partner or family member. Number three is there's no going to a special yoga studio. Uh, so you don't get that sort of sentimental value and that special space that's just for yoga. Unless you're fortunate to have one of those in your home for some reason. And number four is Zoom fatigue. So you might uh, just get kind of burned out of looking at your screen all the time. So you want to make sure the teacher training addresses that. It is not just all you looking at a screen for 200 hours. And the number five is possible tech glitches. You want to make sure all your tech stuff is handled and that the teacher has good tech stuff, like good cameras, good lighting, good sound. Everything's clear and audible, easy to follow, easy to see, and uh, minimizes tech issues as much as possible. And if you need extra tech help, they're aware of that and they have the bandwidth to help you. So I hope this helps you in making a decision if you want to teach, go to a teacher training online or in person. And if you ultimately want to teach online, like YouTube or podcasts or whatever you want to do online, Facebook Live, Zooms, you probably should at some point do an online teacher training because it's going to give you that uh, experience. And you 
learn more by what you absorb and what you see more than what the teacher says. As one of my teachers would say, yoga is caught, not taught. So you could read all the books you want, but until you get that transmission from a teacher of what it feels like to be learning in that way, uh, it's not the same. So if you want to teach online, practice with people who teach online and learn from people who teach online. If you want to teach in person and you love the environment of being in person and you learn way better, more kinesthetically and being in a group environment, right? Having more tactile, hands-on adjustments and assists, then do it on, do an in-person teacher training. And hopefully they also have an online component too. So you get the best of both worlds. But uh, I personally have chosen to do all my teacher trainings online because I think it's far more efficient and far more effective. And it's a better way to learn, in my opinion. And you can reach people all over the world and nobody has to travel and fly in and pay airfare and uh, hotel and all that. So I think it's there are definitely pros to being in person, but everything that I do well uh, in person could do in person, like the hands-on stuff, I can teach it just as well without ever being hands-on. And in most of my classes, I don't even touch the students, right? And I think any skillful teacher can teach just fine without ever having to touch the students. So the hands-on stuff is just extra, and it's a way to help increase somatic awareness sometimes, and it can be therapeutic at times, but in general, uh, a good teacher doesn't need to do any hands-on stuff, and they can teach just fine, and you can learn that online. You don't need to be in person to learn that. But again, if you like those things, uh, the environment and the sentimental value of being in that specific place to do it at that specific time, uh, that's really the biggest one to me as I'm lamenting about the yoga yoga studio that's no more where I swept the floors and mopped the floors for two years and uh, got to study with all my teachers. Uh, so there is a sentimental value to consider. And uh, there's also definitely a sentimental value of doing it online. And I, I recently just finished my second uh, yoga teacher training class online and seeing everybody wrap up was very bittersweet, uh, very grateful, but also sad. And I appreciate them all so much and I'm really excited to see what they create next. And I'm excited to see what you create with this uh, hopefully helpful information. So I hope you enjoyed this and please subscribe to the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast wherever you find podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube to the Quiet Mind Yoga YouTube channel where I post videos like these and hope you have a great rest of your day.